Welcome to Faith Living Church this morning, to all you guys here. And, uh, you know, we have quite a few people who are part of our church who join us online on a weekly basis. And we welcome all you who are watching the services online as well. Um, it's just an awesome uh, privilege that God has given us to reach out beyond these four walls. And so we're glad for everybody who is part of our church service uh, this morning. Um, I really appreciate Benny sharing his testimony with us. You know, it's amazing what God will do in a man, a woman's life when you yield to him. And, and we're really willing for God to work in us and all. So what we're talking about this morning is reaching for higher ground. How many of you here have ever been up on or maybe climbed up on a mountain or up in a tower of some kind. Have you noticed that it's, it's a different perspective from up there, isn't it? Yeah. You look down, it's like everything is down below you. You know, like it, it, where we live at, there's a mountain in our backyard, and I can climb up there and I can see Hartford and I can see Waterbury, and everything is below. And when you're up on those mountains, I mean, everything is so, you know, far below you, it feels different. You're up above it all, you know. It's not as much chaos and confusion. It's kind of a you know, fresh, kind of a simple way of looking at things. But what we want to do is obtain that on a spiritual level, you know, to reach for higher ground. But before we uh, look in those passages, I want to read you the, one of the last verses I read last week that's found in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, and it says, I plan to keep on reminding you of these things even though you already know them and are standing firm in the faith. Verse 13 says, Yes, I believe I should keep on reminding you of these things as long as I live. God's word is something that we need to be reminded of often. Even if I've heard some of those passages before, I need to be reminded so I can apply those things to my life so I can gain higher ground. And some of the things that's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, well, actually that whole chapter we looked at last week, it talks about adding to your faith, you know, moral excellence and, and patience. And it was like four or five things that if we add to our life, it causes for strong spiritual growth and development. Really, it enables us to reach and obtain higher ground in our relationship with God. Listen to what it says here in Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. It says, Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel, they climbed up the mountain. They climbed up the mountain. Moses was reaching for higher ground. I, I think I forgot something. Hang on just a moment. You know, when you're, you're climbing higher ground, this, this, this for real has been used. Our family has used this to climb up a 100-foot cliff before. So you need some rope sometimes. Whatever it takes to gain that higher ground, you do what it, it, it takes. <clears throat> so you can see that, and hopefully it reminds us of higher ground. Always ready for higher ground. It says here, Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel, they climbed up the mountain again. Verse 10 says, There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there seemed to be a surface, like there was a pavement. It, it, it talks about it was brilliant blue. Really, the words there that describes it is talking about sapphire. So it says here, there they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there seemed to be a, a pavement, a surface, you know, of sapphire. It was this light blue color, as clear as the sky itself. Verse 11 says, And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. You know, there are those that, well, you can't look on God or you'll die. He says here, but though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal 
eating and drinking in his presence. Now, how would you like to sit down and have a meal with God? Some of you are going like, yeah. Some of you are going like, oh, no. (laughs) All depends on your perspective, right? But I think it would be cool to hang out with God. Have a meal with the creator, the one who created you. He knows everything about you. And, and, And he can do anything he wants just to hang out with God. To spend time with the Almighty. And that's kind of what's going on here. You know, in this verse, it says they were eating and drinking in his presence. Verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain. And as Vinny was sharing in his testimony, you know, God speaks to us through a still small voice. But in this world in which we live right now, we have radios and televisions and movies and DVD players and you name it, telephones and everything, always going, rarely do we find a, an opportunity where it's just quiet, solitude. And it's very easy to drown out the voice of God because he doesn't scream and holler and yell. He says very clearly, he speaks to us in a still, small voice. And sometimes we just need to come up higher. We need to get away from all the noise and all the racket and all the chaos and the confusion to get away in a place of solitude where we can just hear what God's saying to us. And he says here in verse 12, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain. Has God, have you ever been conscious that God was beckoning you, nudging you to spend some time with him? Have you ever sensed that it's like God just really tugging at my heart just to get in a private place somewhere just to spend some time with him and talk to him. Maybe sing, maybe read your Bible, maybe just totally just be quiet, just think, you know, just just have a little quiet time. Have you ever sensed God saying, kind of come up here, you know, and just spend time with me? Anytime you spend with God, that's higher ground. may not be physical higher ground, but anytime you spend time with God, you're gaining altitude in your relationship with him. He says again in verse 12, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. That was the Ten Commandments, you know. Moses went up the mountain to learn higher thoughts. Moses went up the mountain to to learn higher ways than just the thoughts and the ways that he naturally learned from a childhood on up. It's not something that just naturally came to him. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. And God speaking, he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. God goes, I don't think the way you think. That's what he's saying. God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. How can we become truly Christian or Christ-like? We must begin to think, you know, God thoughts. But we don't naturally think the way that God thinks. We really don't, you know. Well, however you think, it affects you. Uh, there's a passage in the Bible in Psalms, uh, uh, Proverbs 23, and it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think, hey, I can do that, you can. If you're thinking, I just can't do that, or you're thinking, I won't do that, well, you can't, and you won't. You remember the little train we learned in, in kindergarten about the little train? He had a little, you know, a, a line of all these cars behind him. It's a little train that thought he could, and he got to the mountain there, and he went, I think I can I think I can, 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 I think. And once he reached the peak of the mountain, the summit, and started on the way down, he's going, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. How do you think? If we're only thinking what's based on what the news told us last night, what was in the newspaper, you know, we're thinking like the rest of the world thinks. But God says he don't, have the same kind of thoughts that man has. But our thoughts can change, you see. And he says here, let me read one more time, Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. 
Think about this for a moment. Prove my point. If you need something, you know, our tendency in this world is to work really hard to save all you can, to hoard what you can so you got stuff. The Bible says give, and it'll be given back to you. See, God says, I don't think the way you think. He says, if you need more, you give. He says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, what are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek. But that's not the way we naturally think, is it? Somebody slaps you and insults you, you want to slap them back harder or insult them worse, right? That's natural. See, it's supernatural. We can learn God's ways. And we can learn God's thoughts if we desire to do so. Moses was reaching for higher ground so he could learn God's thoughts. He could learn God's way so he could lead God's people, you see. <clears throat> see, it ain't natural to forgive. It really isn't. It's, it's natural to be bitter and harbor unforgiveness in our heart, and that'll destroy us. It's a poison, you know? It's natural to worry. Is there anything going on in your life right now that you could justify worrying about? Is it? So you, you're not going to tell me, are you? That's, like, uh, that's, that's personal. Okay, all right. Thank you, brother. That is natural. That is man thoughts to worry. But God's word says, don't worry about anything. I'm going to quote to you word for word. Don't worry about anything. And said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he has done and then the peace of God that passes all our sin will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So it's natural, it's man's way to worry, you know, but it's God's way not to worry. You say, you mean you can live without worry? Absolutely, you, po you positively can. You can pray about it and then thank God for all the good stuff he's already done in your life and then don't worry about it, just move on. You say, you can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. I think I can. Say, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And you go, oh, no, I, no I, I can. And you can because God's word tells us we can. That's higher ground. Some people are not willing to put forth the effort. Maybe it takes some ropes and some gear. Some people are not willing to put forth the effort to gain the higher ground. See, this guy and this girl there, they did a pretty good bit of climbing to get up on that peak there. It takes some effort. And somebody says, well, I'd just rather stay down here in the valley. I don't want to exert the effort to get up on that high place. It's worth it to get up on the high place. It really is. You know, um, how many of you in the last week have complained about something? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, why is he asking questions like this, you know? Yeah, I hear you. It's natural. It's man's way to complain. Some of you probably got this one. Oh, it's raining. Oh, man. You see, God's thoughts and God's ways is to praise because it brings about a radical transformation. If you'll study in, in, in Chronicles, the book of Chronicles, where Jehoshaphat and all of his people, there was armies, tens of thousands of thousands of soldiers were coming to wipe God's people out. And they prayed and they saw God said, well, what, what should we do? And then the Lord said to them, you know what? The battle's not yours, it's mine. And what I want you to do, and it didn't sound normal, this goes to show you God's ways is higher than our ways. God said, I want you to send the best, what, warriors? The best who? The praisers, the singers, the band. Can you imagine if, if Connecticut came under physical attack and we said, worship team, y'all go out in the front. That's what they were doing. For real. There's some people who are thinking about, you know, I don't know if I want to stay on the worship team now or not. But they sent the worshipers out in the front and they begin to praise God. It's natural to complain, oh Lord, what's happening? But they send the praisers out and they begin to praise God. <clears throat> and all the bad guys turned and killed themselves. Hundreds and thousands of <clears throat> warriors were slain by their buddies. It actually happened. It's historically documented. See, it's natural to complain. It's supernatural to praise in the midst of situations like this. So what do we have a tendency 
to do, you know, to complain. Complaining keeps you in the low valleys. To praise means you're gaining some higher ground there. Now, I have done this literally probably thousands of times when I've been talking to people. I'll take out a white sheet of paper, and I've often drawn a big black dot on it. And I, and I say, what do you see? And 99% of all the people I've ever asked the question, well, what do you see? They go, a black dot, of course. And I say, I'm holding a big white sheet of paper up. You don't see that? But our natural tendency is drawn to what? The negative, the black dot. And there are some people, when they go to bed tonight, they're going to think about the negative things that has happened to their life. They're going to think about it. When they wake up in the morning, they're going to look at the black dot and talk about the black dot and think about what happened to them. And they'll go through all day tomorrow thinking about the black dot and they'll go to bed thinking about the black dot. They'll get up looking at the black dot, think about the black dot their entire life. There's people who do that. And you, you probably know some of those people. But there are other people who choose, like, you know what, well, yeah, it's raining and there's some things happen, but you know what, there's a lot of good stuff in this world. And they'll begin to praise God and thank God for all the good things that's happening in their life. See, that's God's way. That, this right here leads you to high ground. This right here, staring at a black dot, will keep you at the lowest of the lowest place. And, and, and you'll, you'll really not gain much, you know. You won't make it to the top of the mountain. You, you, you're staring at a black dot and you're feeling like a failure. And that's probably what you'll get in life if you just stare at that. But I'm telling you, God is beckoning us to reach for the high ground, to get up above the black dots and, and uh, rejoice and, and praise him for all the awesome, wonderful, fantastic things he has done. Uh, let me read this again. Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Verse 9, it says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, are you going through life right now just doing everything your way? Doing it your way, or are you doing it God's way? How many of you this past week have spent a little bit of time on one of the interstates, you know, like 84 or 91? How many of you have driven on interstate this past week somewhere? Now, the lanes that you were in, let's say you were coming from Hartford and you were going toward Waterbury, you're going west on 84, right? Now, do you drive back in the exact same lane when you come back home? Why not? It's a one way. But what if you're the kind of person that says, well, I'm going to just do it my way. I like that lane better, and I'm going to, I'm going to go the same lane I drove to Waterbury on. I'm going to use that same lane going home. What's going to happen? You ain't going to survive. See, when you're, you're, you're self-centered, I'm just going to do it my way. And there's a lot of people going, I'm going to do it my way. I know it goes. A lot of people, our, our nation, even our leaders of our nation are saying, well, we're just going to do it our own way. Let me tell you something. It ain't safe. God says, my ways and yours are different. My thoughts and yours are different. Now, God says that, and he suggests that we do it his way. Because that's the way that has the great blessing upon it, you see. Choose the highway. Choose, you know, the higher ground. Choose God's way. And it comes with a guaranteed blessing on it already. Let me read you Isaiah 55, verse 9 and 10. It says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Verse 10 says, The rain and the snow, they come down from the heavens. And they stay on the ground to water the earth, and they cause the grain to grow. Is that true? Does the rain come, does it cause grain to grow? Absolutely, it's, it's truth. And he says, the grain grows producing what? Seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. But see, man, the human way, is, hey, look at all the seed I got. We're going to eat it all. What happens to a farmer if he eats all the seed? He's going to have a crop next year. He's going to starve. And the Bible says here, it causes the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. But humans tend to, tend to amass everything and consume it themselves and not to plant, not to give back. 
And see, God's way, and this is not a, a message on giving, okay? We're not going to take a big offer or nothing at the end of it, so don't worry, all right? You're, you're safe, all right? But God's way is different than man's way. Man is somewhat self-centered, you see? Hey, well, I grew it. I'll eat all the seed if I want to, and then you and your family starves next year, you know? See, there, there's different ways. You can do it your way. You can go, try to go reverse in the one-way traffic, but it's just not safe. So he goes on to say in verse 11, it's the same with my word. I send it out. God's talking here. It's the same with my word. I send it out, and it, what's that next word? And it always produces fruit. And it will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. See, we have a book of God's thoughts. We have a book of God's ways. And God says he sends his word out, and it will always produce. It will always prosper. If he's sent out to do something, it will always do that. We can learn God's thoughts, and we can learn God's ways, and we're guaranteed to succeed in all that we set our hand to. Or we can go, you know what, I'm going to try to go, uh, I'm going to try to go, on the, the same lane that I came to Waterbury. I'm going to just do it my way. It just, it just don't work. It really just doesn't work. So, what happens if a seed spends just a little bit of time with the soil? They're going to grow. Have you ever planted grass seed? Now, if you plant grass seed, you need to do one of two things. If it's just a little patch, you just walk around, you step on it, and you push the seed into the soil. Or if you're planting a lot of, you can get these big, it's about yay big around, it's about yay long. Some of them are metal and very heavy. Some of them are plastic, and you fill them up with water, and you roll them, or you put them behind your mower, and it just presses the seed into contact with the soil. Now the seed will germinate, and it will grow, and send down roots, and, and your grass will grow. But it needs to be in contact with the soil. The seed needs to be in contact with the soil. My question to you is, are you spending time in God's Word? His Word is going to prosper and profit and accomplish everything He sent it to do. And is it coming in contact with you? Or you, well, I just spend just a wee teeny tiny bit of time in God's Word. Think about it for a moment. If, if it was like grass seed and the soil, are you, are, are you pressed together? Is it making a difference in your life? Where are you um, spend? Well, let me ask you this. How many of y'all know how to spend money? <laughs> okay, everybody figures that one out pretty quickly. What about how, how are you at spending money? your time you know you can spend your time and, and your time is more valuable than money because you give time away to get money so are you spending your time on things of value that are noble or are you spending your time on things that are just worthless you think about this for a moment are you spending time with God well I commend those of you who are here and those online who are spending time with God and with other believers right now but God is beckoning us to higher ground, to spend more time with him so we can learn God's thoughts and we can learn God's ways. This is what it says in John 15, verse 5. And it says, yes, I am the vine. This, this is God speaking. Jesus is talking to us. He says, yes, I'm the vine. You know, the vine that comes up out of the ground? Jesus says, I am the vine. And you're the branches. You know, the branches that, that come off of that vine and then leaves get on those, and that's where the grapes grow at? Jesus says, yes, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. Those who remain, that word remain, it means those who stay put. Those who continue in me, continue in a relationship with me. Yes, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. Those who remain, stay put in me, and I and them will produce much fruit. When you're in contact with God, you know, he says, you will produce much fruit. That's the high ground. When you are, you know, 
reaching for higher ground in a higher relationship with God and you're connected with him, he says you're going to produce much fruit. And he goes on to say, for apart, apart from me, you can do, what's that word? Nothing. Now, I need a volunteer, but don't come up right yet. Uh, I just need a volunteer who's willing to lose something. I wonder if I have any volunteers. I use these. Are you serious? I appreciate your willingness, brother. For the cause of Christ, right? I actually used these about six weeks ago. I was really late in doing it, but I got some grapevines and I, I pruned them, you know. And uh, I pruned a, a bunch of them, and I was a little late in doing it, but I got this pile of dead brown grapevine laying over here on the ground, you know, because I, I pruned it off, you know. Oh, it's luscious green right now, all the stuff that's on the, the, the vine because they're growing and, and it's doing really, 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 really well. But listen to what this passage says. He says, for apart from me, you know, apart, apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain, who does not stay put, you know, who don't continue, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away, you know. Anyone who does not remain in me, verse 6, is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers and such branches are gathered into a pile, and I have a pile of them, to be burned. Verse 7 says, and if you remain in me, you stay put in your relationship with, with Jesus, you, know, you, you make yourself at home with him. He said, but if you remain in me and my words remain, Where? in you now how does god's word get in us through our eyes through our ears so if if you want god's thoughts and god's ways into you you know they kind of got to go through your eyes and your ears to get into your head into your brain and there from your brain then it can get down into your heart and that's where it brings about a radical transformation, see. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I don't care how nice of a Bible you have. If it's a, a beautiful, I mean, an expensive Bible, if it just sits, you know, like this or even maybe like this on your coffee table, it won't do you no good. But once you get God's Word through your eyes, and, and we're getting it in right now as we're studying it together, we go through our eyes and into our ears, it gets into our head, and then it gets down to our heart. Now things start happening. Listen to what this verse says. He says here in verse 7, But if you remain in me, in relationship with me, Jesus says, and my word remains in you, and it goes through the eyes and the ears to get into your head and your heart, he says, you may ask for anything you want. Is there anything y'all want? Anything you want, and it will be granted. This is Jesus saying that. He's just talking to believers, to followers. You go, well, that's just too good to be true. Okay, if that's what you think, all right? But I don't think it's too good to be true. I think it is true. I think I can. I think I can. I, I, I think I can remain in him, and I think I can have his word remain in me, and I, I think I can ask for anything, and I, and I think I'm going to get it. Because that's what his word says right here. Remain in me. My words remain in you, and you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Your request, he's saying right here, will be listened to, and your request will be acted upon. That, that, that's what he's telling us right here. You ask for anything you want. Now, see, the thing up it is, if you are in a relationship with Jesus, and you're reading and studying his words, and you're learning his thoughts, and you're learning his ways, you're not going to say... Oh, please, God, help me to rob a bank, you know. Because you know that's not God's thoughts and that's not God's way. You begin to learn what his will is and you'll learn how to pray according to his will and you'll get your prayers answered. That's what he says. And I'm going to tell you something. There is absolutely nothing more important in this whole world. There's nothing more important that you'll do this coming week or this coming year 
than getting God's word through your eyes and ears into your head and into your heart. Because when you pray about things, there are some things that you can pray about that bring about a radical transformation that no amount of success or money can, can accomplish. Having a relationship with the Almighty who created you is much more valuable than just material stuff. Let's pick up in verse 8. It says, when you produce much fruit, you know, th this, this is talking about, you know, you're, you're, you're staying put in your relationship with God and his words coming in. You, you're doing his things, you know, God's thoughts, God's way. He says, when you produce fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. That's, that's higher ground in a relationship where you and Christ are one and you can pray about things and things are happening, that is available to every one of us. It depends on where you're going to spend your time. You're going to spend your time with God, learning his ways and his thoughts, or you're going to just spend your time in the valleys just thinking the way everybody else thinks, doing the way everybody else does. Uh, uh, Exodus chapter 24 verse 9 says, So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain to God. So Moses and Joshua, they obeyed God. They left everything behind and they went up on the mountain. And it says in verse 14, Moses told the elders, stay here and wait for us uh, until we come back. Aaron and her, her are here with you. And if anyone has a dispute while I'm gone, you consult with them. Then Moses climbed up the mountain to higher ground. And the cloud covered it. Now, I'm going to challenge you this, this year. While it's summertime, go take a hike up a mountain uh, or a hill, you know. Uh, get a little higher elevation. Please don't climb up on top of your house and fall off or nothing like that, okay, unless you've got a safe place to climb from. But uh, I want to challenge you to get some elevation somewhere this summer if you can. And it might just be in a car you drive up on a little overlook somewhere, a scenic overlook, and you go, oh, wow, this is awesome, you know? And you get a different perspective. And that's what happens when we get, we climb and gain some higher ground in our relationship with God. Things look different when you're closer to God than when you're, you know, down in the valley. It really does. So it says here in verse 15, then Moses climbed up the mountain and the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from inside the cloud. Verse 17 says, To the Israelites at the foot of the mountain, uh, the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. Verse 18 says, Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed, what's that next word? Higher, higher up the mountain. And let me tell you something. When you climb higher in your relationship with God, it's just like, I want more and more and more. I, I want to get higher and higher, you know. If I need some more gear, some more ropes, if I need, yeah, I just want to go. I mean, I'm 60 years old. You know, I'm going to say this for another month or so before I turn 61. But I, even at 60 years old, I want to get higher. I want to go closer in my relationship with Almighty God. I want to get to know Him better, you know. I have not reached the, the pinnacle of, of where I want to go, you know. Anyhow... And verse 18 says, Then Moses disappeared into the cloud, and he climbed higher up the mountain. And just remember, keep climbing. Keep climbing in your relationship with the Almighty God. And he remained on the mountain for 40 days and, and for 40 nights. Wow. Now, there was a, a reference years ago. He was very successful, you know, in a, um, a nonviolent kind of a protest you know, against racial discrimination. He was also a civil rights leader. I don't know if y'all remember what that guy's name was. Martin Luther King. Well, he made a statement once, and uh, just a little quick clip. I want you to look at it with me. Start it all over. It is louder, guys, honestly.
Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Martin Luther King, he made that speech. You know, on behalf of a very oppressed people, he made that speech on April the 3rd, 1968. Now, Martin Luther King was assassinated on April the 4th of 1968. That was the last speech he made, and he was assassinated the next day. And he said, hey, I might not go there with you. You know, the truth of it is he got there ahead of us all, you know. But he was in, he was a man who, he understood higher ground. He wasn't doing in a violent way, he wasn't doing the things that the rest of the world wanted to do. He was there to set a oppressed people free. And he was very successful in what he set out to do. What I'm talking about here, well, listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. It says, all of you, slave and free, both were once held hostage in a sinful society, all of us. Then a huge sum was paid out for your ransom. Do you know what that ransom was that was paid for you? It was the life of Jesus Christ, his shed blood. That was a ransom that was paid so you could be set free from your sins. He says, it goes on to say here, so please don't, out of old habit, slip back into being and doing what everyone else tells you. If you go back down to the valley and just act like everybody else, just sinful thoughts and sinful ways, that's quicksand. And you know, quicksand just sucks you down and down and down until it destroys you. And, and the scripture says here, then a huge sum was paid out for your ransom, so please don't, out of old habit, slip back into being or doing what everyone else tells you. Verse 24 says, Friends, stay where you were called to be. God is there. Would you read the next line with me? Hold the higher ground with him at your side. Hold the higher ground in your relationship with Almighty God. Don't let the devil suck you down because that's what he wants to do. He wants you just to think like the rest of the world does. He wants you to do just like the rest of the world does. But you know what? You and I can reach for and we can climb for, you know, higher ground in our relationship with the Almighty. And that's where we want to be. That's where we need to be. That's, that's where we find ourselves safe, reaching for and holding the high ground where it says, with him at your side. Verse 29 goes on to say, I do want to point out, friends, that time is of the essence. There is no time to waste, so don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. H have you ever looked at facets of your life that's just, just too complicated? Well, that word complication is just a very thin line between complicated and confusion. And the Bible says that Satan is the author of confusion. The devil would try to complicate our lives so they're no longer simple at all, complicate and confuse it. So we don't know if we're coming or going. And the Bible says here in verse 29, I, 
I do want to point out, friends, that time is of the essence. There is no time to waste, so don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. Keep it simple. It says in marriage, comma, grief, comma, joy, comma, whatever. Keep it simple. Even in ordinary things, your daily routines of shopping and so on, keep it simple. The devil does his best to confuse us, to keep us in the lowland, where, to be honest with you, keep it simple. When, when, you, when you gain higher ground, you don't take near as much stuff with you. You know what I'm talking about. It's too heavy. You can only carry with you the bare necessities if you're going to gain higher ground, you know. Then he goes on to say in verse 31, he says, deal as sparingly as possible with the things the world thrust on you. This world as you see it is on its way out. And the world will try to thrust on you to do like it does, to think the way it thinks, to do just like everybody else does. The world thrusts that upon us. And he says, deal as sparingly as possible with the things the world thrust on you. This world as you see it is on its way out. And then Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress and it's high ground. The godly run to him and are safe. The rich think their wealth, think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine, it's just an imagination, they imagine it to be a high wall of safety. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with wealth, but if you look to it as being your security, it's nothing more than a mirage. It will not protect you. He says here in, in verse 11, he says, the rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a wall, a high wall of safety, you know? See, it's our relationship with God that is the higher ground. It's not material stuff that's our high ground, but it's a relationship with God. L listen to what the, the psalmist say. In Psalms 31, verse 3, it says, you're my cave to hide in. You, you, you're my cliff to climb. That's high ground. Be my safe leader. Be my true mountain guide. Now, I like that verse because I love to hike and climb up on the mountains and have my place of solitude there. It says, be my true, my mountain guide. Uh, Psalm 61 verse 2 says, when I am far from anywhere, down to my last gasp, I call out, guide me up high rock mountain. Guide me to higher ground, Lord. You've always given me breathing room. This, this passage is amazing for me. You've always given me breathing room, a place to get away from it all, a lifetime pass to your safe house, an open invitation as your guest. God has beckoned us all to a lifetime pass, if you would, you know, to his safe house, an open invitation as his guest. He beckons us into the high place, the high ground with him. God beckons us into a relationship where you can know that you know that you know God and, and learn God's thoughts and learn God's ways. I'm not talking about rules and regulations. I'm talking about a genuine relationship with the Almighty God himself. That is available to you and, and to me. And he says in Psalms 31, verse 9, it says, Be kind to me, God. I'm in deep, deep trouble again. Hey, have you ever got back into some trouble from time to time? says, I've cried my eyes out. I feel hollow inside. Have you ever felt empty on the inside? Verse 10 says, my life, it leaks away. Yeah, I, I, I leak, you know, and my life leaks away. Grown by grown, my, my years fade out in size. My, my troubles have worn me out and turned my bones to powder. You know, I'm wasting away from within, and, and you know your, your blood is generated on the inside of your bones with that marrow and all, and, and if your bones get dry on the inside, man, it, it, it ain't good for you, you know. My troubles have worn me out and turned my bones to powder. Psalms 32, verse 3, it says, When I kept it all inside, I refused to confess my sins to God. I refused to acknowledge my need of Almighty God. I just kept it all inside to myself. When I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. 
My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. It's just like gravity that's always pulling against us, pulling us downward, downward, like quicksand sucking us down. He says, the pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. And then I let it all out. Then I just confessed all my sins to God. Then I acknowledge I need you. I, I'm in desperate need of you, God. I depend on you for my very next breath. He says, then I let it all out. Verse 5, I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. We'll, we'll get things right. And suddenly, the pressure was gone. I was forgiven. I was washed clean. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Suddenly the pressure was gone, my guilt dissolved, my sin disappeared, you know. See, you cannot climb higher ground when you're trying to carry the weight of all your past sin with you. you got to be forgiven because that weighs us down, the guilt and, and all of the past. It's like, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done, and he forgives us and cleanses us. Now we can gain higher ground in our relationship with the Almighty. Verse 6, in, in Psalms 32, verse 6, it says, these things add up. Every one of us needs to pray. We've got to stay in relationship with, with Christ so we can pray and, and, and we keep his word pressed to our hearts and our minds so we can pray powerful, life-changing prayers. And he says, these things add up and every one of us needs to pray when all hell breaks loose and the dam burst and we'll be on high ground untouched. Have you ever been in a situation where all hell broke loose? That's a good time to be on high ground. You, you've seen pictures, I'm sure, of tsunamis. Tsunamis where the, the, the water, they tell you when, when the, if you're at the edge of the ocean and, and the water runs out to sea, you turn around and run to the mountain because it's building up a tidal wave and it's going to come in with devastating blows. And I'm going to tell you, in this world in which we live, there are devastating tsunamis of circumstances and, and underhandedness and darkness that will try to wipe us out. And it says, these things add up. Every one of us needs to pray. And you, know to, you need to know how to pray God's way with God thoughts. When all hell breaks loose and the dam bursts and we'll be on high ground, untouched. God's my island hideaway. You see that? I mean, an island that's high ground, kind of like the, the Rock of Gibraltar, it's high and it's, it's, it's honeycombed with caverns where people are protected, impenetrable, you know. God's my island hideaway, my, my high place. It keeps danger far from the shore. And it says, throws garlands of hosannas around my neck. Verse 8 says, let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye, and I'm giving it to you straight. Uh, listen to what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'm not going to guide you in the, the best pathway for somebody else. But see, you're custom. You're an original. And God says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. And if, and if you're following God's pathway, his pathway is always higher than what we would normally choose. Because we like to take the easy way sometimes, don't we? But the higher ground is going to be a little bit more difficult. And he says he'll lead us in the best pathway for our individual lives. And then he goes on to say in verse 3, I mean, I'm sorry, three, verse 9, he says, don't be, what's that word? Honorary. Is anybody here honorary? He says, don't be that way. You, you, you understand what honorary is? It means bad-tempered, irritable, stubborn. He says, don't be honorary like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to stay on track. And you understand what a bit does in a horse's mouth it inflicts pain 
Do you want to be a person who has to have pain inflicted to you in order to do it God's way? Or would you rather have pursued higher ground with your relationship with God and when God suggests something, you just do it like a horse that's been trained and you just barely touch it and it goes along with the, the master, just wherever the master wants to go? Or do you want to be a horse or a mule? It's like you got to jerk his head off to turn it around to make it obey you. So he says, don't be ornery like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to stay on track. Verse 10 says, God defires. That's the men and the women who say, well, I'll think about it, but I'm going to do it my way. He says here, God defiers are always in trouble. God affirmers who says, I'm going to read and I'm going to think about it. And we're going to do it your way, Lord. He says, God affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. And then it says in verse 11, and I want us to be prepared to go ahead and start playing that song. It says, celebrate God, sing together, everyone, all the honest hearts, raise the roof. It's telling us in God's word to, to really reach for higher ground. And, and he's telling us, you know, that God's going to lead us in the best pathway for our life. That's the higher ground. And when he's telling us to, to learn God thoughts and, and learn God's ways and be God affirmers, you know. And, and what this verse says in verse 11, it says, Celebrate God. Sing together, everyone. All of you honest hearts, Raise the roof. Because let me tell you something. If you've ever been bound with sin and those chains have been broken, you know the difference. And I'm talking about a radical transformation. I, I appreciate Benny sharing his testimony earlier on. But our, our church family, we're 
full of men and women who know what it's like it's like to be bound in darkness and they know what it's like to have found freedom and, and there's a hunger and an appetite for higher ground to gain altitude with the Almighty God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 62, verse 5. It says, God, the one and only, I'll wait. As long as he says. But we don't like to wait, do we? We want to barrel through the wolf. God ain't gonna do it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> That's a good way to get in trouble. But God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says. When I'm in higher ground, I learn to pace myself, you see, to, to take it slow and, and steady. And it says, I'll wait as long as he says. Because there's, there's, there's plateaus and there's, there's hills and, and valleys and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, reach and, and grasp a hold of the higher ground and, and I know that God's looking after me and all my love funds. And, and I'm just going to wait as long because his timing is best. I don't know if you've come to that place to believe that or not. Because we have a tendency to get um, impatient. You couldn't wait for me to say it, brother? <laughs> I'm teasing you, brother. I appreciate you helping me out. But you know something? This is awesome. It's like, you know what? I'm going to wait as long as he says. When I'm in the high ground with him, I, I trust him because he's looking out for me. He goes on to say here, everything I hope for comes from him. So why not, you know, wait for him? And he's a solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle. I'm talking about high ground, and I'm set for life. My help and glory are in 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 relationship with in God. Granite strength, a safe harbor God. Verse 8 says, so trust him absolutely. No, no questions, just trust him absolutely, people. It says, lay your lives on the line for him. God is a safe place to be. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, and, and the apostle Paul was saying, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I have this altogether that I have made it, you know, and, and, and I understand. I mean, I don't have it all together. I've surely not made it. He says, but I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it, but I'm, I'm well on my way. I'm going in the right direction. I'm gaining higher ground every day. And I'm reaching out for, for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Verse, four, uh, verse 13 says, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, you know? And he said, you know, I might only be a half a step ahead of everybody else, you know? But, but I've chosen the direction. I'm, I'm reaching for it. I'm gaining higher ground every day. He says in verse 13, Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal, on the higher ground, where God is beckoning us onward and, and upward, you know, to Jesus. Although it's just like gravity is pulling against us. You know, greater is Christ who is in us, who is beckoning us to higher ground than the devil and that gravity is trying to pull us downward. And he goes on to say in verse 14, I'm off and running. Sometimes even crawling. You know what they, I've, I've learned that they tell all the football players, players when they get tackled? So if you're going to fall, at least fall toward your goalpost. You know, you gain a couple yards that way. Keep moving toward God. Keep moving toward higher ground, even if it's a crawl. But he says, I'm off and I'm running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, which is a closer relationship with God. That's the higher ground. He says, keep your focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything, what's it say? God has for us. So let's keep focus on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. Do you want everything God has for you? Yes. Or you want to get to heaven for one day and God's got this warehouse and stuff for you and you go, what is all that? He said, that's what I had in store for you, but you was too impatient. You wouldn't wait. You wanted to do it yourself. You want to do it your way. 
Are you serious? Uh-huh. <laughs> Last verse we're going to look at, and I'm going to mess with some people's holy cows, I reckon, right here. Uh, there's a passage that is often misunderstood. It's an awesome passage. I mean, I, I've loved the passage all my life, and it talks about, you know, looking into the, the, the hills, look to the mountains from which cometh our strength. You, you know that passage I'm talking about? But see, a lot of people think they're talking about looking to the mountains because of where the comma's at and the way the sentence structure is broken down. In most translations, it misleads us. But let me, I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible because it says it the way it, it is actually written in the original language. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 121, verse 1. It says, I look to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? Question mark. Verse 2. No! My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. Some people have taken that passage and looked into the mountains as if in the mountain was their God, but it's not. And that's what he's telling us here. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from the God who made heaven, who made earth, who made mountains. Now, I like to give in high places personally up above stuff, and it inspires me. But God is no more on that high mountain in my backyard than he is right here in this place. So understand, just getting in a high physical location is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gaining the high ground in our relationship with God. You understand that? But it is high ground. And when the tsunamis of life come in, we're safe in the high ground in a relationship with the Almighty. It's where faith is at. Down here is doubt and fear and worry and anxiety. But the high ground is the men and women who are believing God. They're up above all that kinds of stuff. Well, our time is away from us. Can we just bow our heads together? Father, bless this congregation. Lord, who sits in this room, who's downstairs in the overflow, who's out there online, I ask you to bless each and every one of us. Help us to gain high ground in our relationship with you, Lord, this coming week. Help us to get to know you better than we've ever known you before. May we begin to have God thoughts. May we begin to do things God's way. May we take advantage of that lifetime pass into your presence. May we understand with, you know, genuine reality and faith in our heart that you welcome us into your presence and you beckon us to the high ground in our relationship with you. May that be a reality for my brothers and sisters. Deliver us from the black dot. Help us, Almighty God, to live day by day seeing all that you have done for us and stop our worrying, but instead become prayers and praisers. Lord, we just want to do it your way because it comes with a guaranteed blessing on it. We know. As our heads are bowed, would you reaffirm your faith in Christ with me? And those who are here today and those out online, if you've never prayed and welcomed Christ into your life as Savior, as Lord, would you join us as we pray here right now? Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And I want to reach the high ground. I believe you sent your son. And I believe he died in my place. And he ransomed me and set me free. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and he's knocking at the door of my life. And I open wide that door and I welcome Jesus inside as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my soon coming King. I am sorry for my sinful ways. I'm sorry for always living in the lowland. But I want to pursue the higher ground in my relationship with you. Set me free from all that weighs me down. That I'll reach my full potential that you have created me for. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, before you, you leave, uh, quickly here, 
and our weekly challenge. It just simply says, this week I will daily read 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 11. I'll take you a minute to read it. It's one we read last week. It gives you five basic principles to add to your life so you'll mature and, and you'll gain high ground. It says, this week I will daily read 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11 and make every effort to gain higher ground spiritually by applying it. If that's you, check it off, drop it in the tithe box. If you prayed with me just now and you welcome Christ into your life, or if you prayed with us online and you can just, you know, call us, text us, email us, and we'll send you the same stuff we give away here, a Bible. Uh, it's free, you know, some other little goodies that will inspire your faith. And if you're a guest with us, also we have a gift for all of our guests who are here this morning. Just let them know that you're a guest today. Just to let you know, we appreciate you coming. We hope you come back. Uh, and at, at the, uh, as you're getting up leaving, the altar will be open for everyone uh, who needs some prayer. And let me tell you, if you're not involved in a life group, I'm going to tell you something we have learned over the years. Life groups is higher ground. When we make time for other believers who we minister to, who they minister to us, I'm in a life group. These people become dear, precious family. We do life together. And if you're not in a life group, Mike, are you back there? There's Mike Kane. Uh, he's our, our, over all of our life groups and all. And if you're in a life group, you'll see me and Mike on a video this coming week, you know, whenever y'all meet. But Mike will help you get involved in a life group close to you. And if you go, you know, it's just not the right chemistry, we'll get you in another one or start one especially for you. But having relationships with other people is really, really important as far as, you know, belonging to the body of Christ and being well connected. So let Mike know if, if you'd like to try one out. It's very important. And finally, on your way out, if you're going to help us out in our vacation Bible adventure, we surely need some help. Go ahead and sign up and let us know that, that you're uh, available to serve. God bless you. You are dismissed.